Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to the Career Catharsis Podcast. I'm your host, Neha Koram. Today, I will be chatting with Dr. Bob Nelson, considered the leading authority in employee recognition and engagement worldwide. Alongside him, I'll be chatting with Mario Tomeo, who has more than 30 years of experience in maximizing human performance. Dr. Bob and Mario first met at Walt Disney World over 30 years ago. They have remained friends and colleagues ever since, and they still have fun working together. Both skilled speakers and consultants These authors are highly engaging and live up to the level of fun that they portray in their book, Work Made Fun Gets Done. I'm excited to share this conversation, chatting a little bit about their books, their careers, and insights on how to bring some fun into the workplace. Thank you, Dr. Bob and Mario for... uh, Speaking with me today on the Career Catharsis podcast, I'm super excited to be chatting about some of your work in leadership development and employee engagement, how to really engage the workforce as we've seen seismic shifts, right, in terms of generational gaps as well as the pandemic and and other factors. So before we dive into those topics, I'd love for our listeners to get a better sense of your background. So maybe we can start with you, Mario, if you could share a bit about your career story. Yeah, I started off as a PE major in college, and then I got a master's in exercise physiology. And then I did some work with the U.S. men's Olympic volleyball team. And then uh, I got into corporate wellness, and I was in that for about six years. And this was in the early 1980s. And, um, And then I transferred from there to HR, and I worked with uh, the Ken Blanchard organization, and uh, that's where I met Dr. Bob, and uh, went on, went and started working on my own in 2002, and have been focused on um, leadership development, uh, executive coaching, and uh, a lot on, on presentation skills training. But mostly, it's all about how do we f- have fun in doing those things, all of those things. That's right. I know that your collaboration with Dr. Bob on the book Work Made Fun Gets Done is one of the main reasons we're chatting here today. I'm really excited to dive into the book. Um, Meanwhile, I do have a copy of 1501 Ways uh, to Reward Employees by Dr. Bob. And with that, I'd love for Dr. Bob to weigh in on his career journey and maybe just touching on Um, 1501 Ways to Reward Employees, and then your present book, Work Made Fun, gets done. Sure. (laughs) Well, um, I knew early on I wanted to be a writer and had my degree was in communications. I got an MBA from Berkeley and got my PhD working with Peter Drucker, the father of modern management. And so I've always been um, focused on how to bring common sense proven techniques to the workplace to make lives for employees better, basically. So a lot of the stuff I, I have is, you could probably call it common sense, but not common practice. And I try to uh, make it easier to apply. Uh, so uh, 1501 Ways to Reward Employees, which is down at 64th printing, has sold 2 million copies, 
was um, one of those projects where you you get what you reward is um, often called the greatest management principle in the world. Overwhelming, we got 400 studies that say that that's true. Whatever you recognize in any relationship, you'll get more of, whether it's your, your spouse or a worker or your boss. And although it's uh, very proven, it's not, it's not, it hasn't been, a, uh, often isn't applied. So I've worked in several corporations where I, I didn't see it ever applied. And most 85% of employees right now say they feel overworked and underappreciated. So my, uh, how about a resource that made an overwhelming case that this stuff really does work. And here's an example. Here's another example. So a, mm -hmm. a, a complete, a book of complete examples, real life examples on what people are doing to thank and appreciate their employees. And, and you can do any of them, you know, so try one. And if it works, you know, do it again. And if that doesn't work, turn the page and next one will. And that's, that's, um, it's a discussion start. I find that books are a great way to um, have a discussion. And if you get the book to try to make an organizational change, you get the book to a lot of people and, and you can make a, a seismic shift in, in the culture. So that, that I've, I've have spoken about that topic of employee recognition rewards on um, six continents and for over, over um, 80% of the Fortune 500. And so it kind of hit a nerve that uh, people agreed that, uh, yeah, this is, this is something I do more of. And especially in, in high tech times where, you know, most of us are spending all our time on, on computer screens and things are moving faster. The little things, the simple things get overlooked. And the one-to-one the -one, um, heartfelt appreciation is one of those. So I, I've made a giant appeal to keep it alive, no, no matter what the circumstances. And, and you can do it even on Zoom. And you can do it even if, if the person working for you is in a different location or a different country. You can still take a moment to thank them when they've done a good job. And, and that's never insignificant to do that. that it, uh, people will recognize it, they will value it, they will tell their spouse or their significant other about it, and you'll have a better relationship, and they will work harder for you. So it has a huge, huge impact for something that doesn't cost anything mm. and can be done in 10 seconds in the hallway, you know, so not many things in life have that type of return. Love that. I And I just want to call out what you said there. So just taking those common sense practices, but really, again, just applying them, right? So moving from common sense to common practice. Love that. And I'd just love to know what types of clients do you currently work with? I know that you talked about some Fortune 500 companies, but if either you or Mario want to speak to, maybe each of you can give me an example of a recent client that you've worked with and how you help them. Sure. I, I uh, recently did a multi-year project with Qualcomm, the, one of the leaders in 5G, and they've got 45,000 employees, and, and they um, agreed with the things I've been saying, that, that they're, they've got a good company and they pay people well, but people didn't really feel valued for the work they had done, and, and uh, they um, were interested in improving that, and, and we did. We, we systematically focused on it. And we got clear about what that meant to employees. Uh, and we uh, got them the tools for leaders to do. And we got them the education 
because most change starts between your ears. And so we, we got it to, to managers that uh, this is real, you got to do it. And in fact, part of that was because they can bring in someone like me to tell them, but it's better to have them tell themselves. So we, one of the things we did is we got uh, four vice presidents that were good at this. We put them on the stage and I, and I interviewed them about, why do you do this? You're, you got, you're too busy for this. Why? And, and they would say, no, 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 this is really important. And then here's, this is why I do it. And here's the results I got. So, and we had 300 vice presidents come hear that. And so they got to hear from their peers that, that this, this is really uh, a good thing to do and something we all need to do. I, I, um, I do a lot of conferences and, and, and stuff as well. Mario, Mario is working with some exciting clients as well. Yeah, I'm uh, recently I did a uh, facilitated a team building uh, session, an all day session with the president of the active cosmetics division of L'Oreal USA. It was my first trip since <laughs> COVID on a plane. And I tell you, that, that's another story in itself. Wow. But what we did is we got together people. These are direct reports of the president, about uh, 15, 17 people. And it was the first time in 18 months that they had gotten together face to face. Some of them had not even met each other yet because they had some new hires. So what was important is that people were really up in the air about, you know, what, what's our strategy here? What's our vision? What's our frame? Well, you know, what, what's really going on here? And it was, it was a great opportunity. It was fantastic. And all I did was just ask questions and pull answers mm -hmm. out of people. And they had their own folks there taking notes. And I just kind of kept things on track. But what it ended up was they all left with a really aligned vision, um, mm -hmm. a review of their values or strategies. They had an opportunity to talk about, they had five different brands in there. And so they were talking about uh, what, you know, what the coming back from COVID and the hybrid uh, work environment was going to look like. And it, it really gave them some stability where in the, past, in the past 18 months, people were trying to get comfortable with having their, fur, their feet planted firmly in midair. That's the feeling that they, that they had. So that, that's one that I just did a couple of weeks ago. And I, and I continue, um, I have a, uh, I'm, a, I'm the long-term executive coach for the president there. So. Love that. Yeah, I think really what I'm hearing in both these stories is bringing leaders as well as their team members together and being that facilitator to get them to kind of unearth their ideas because we all know everyone's got tons of ideas, but really without that alignment, you know, in terms of alignment with your team, alignment from that leadership level, you just have that gap in terms of action and application, right? Um, mm -hmm. But with that, I'd just love to hear from either of you, what are some ideas, what are some raw examples from any of these uh, workshops or team building exercises or from from your book, whether it's 1501 Ways to Reward Employees or whether it's work that's fun gets done. What are some concrete examples mm -hmm. that we can share with any leaders or employees that are looking to implement some incentives in the workplace? I know that some of these are really low cost. Some of them are very easy to apply, but curious to know if you could maybe share one or two applications from, from your learnings. Sure. You know, um, a lot of stuff I find falls into the knowing doing gap that that mm -hmm. most managers know that employees are important and they should treat them right. 
but then do they actually do anything to show that? <laughs> well, not mm -hmm. lately. And so it's, it's trying to fill that gap to say, hey, it's not that hard. And like I mentioned, um, you, even though we were all on Zoom these days, this, you, can, you can recognize people on Zoom. In fact, a fun act exercise mm -hmm. you could do on Zoom, I call it a praising barrage. And that's where you say, hey, before we get started here, I just want to take a couple minutes and go around as I, as I call your name. I like everyone else in our, in our team to say what they most value about working with you. And okay, start with Jerry, okay, now Jane. And, and really do the whole thing in, in five, 10 minutes. And I tell you what, to have people hear from their peers, wow. what, is, what they're doing right is very powerful. And they will definitely, if they were good at that, they're gonna become great at that because we, <laughs> we do more of what we're recognized for. So that's a simple thing you could do on Zoom. And when you're next together, you can do it uh, with index cards. Um, and, and jot down the thank you that you notice owe to someone else in the group. You get, mm -hmm. you get four or five thank yous, again, from your team about things you did well. That, that's going to make you closer to them. It's going to make mm -hmm. you more committed to do more of those, those things for them. And by the way, that activity is not new. We were doing that in the 1980s, actually in the 1970s. Mm -hmm. um, and as Dr. Bob says, you, you know, you get a team of 15 people in a meeting and everybody's taking notes or getting these cards back from 14 other people. And it's an immediate boost. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things that really helps to prevent uh, stress and, and burnout is when people get a, a different perspective. You know, everybody's on autopilot for most of our work day mm -hmm. and work night and work uh, early mornings. And it's really nice to be able to get that perspective back and get the balance back. Now, what Bob just mentioned too, uh, can be used for, for having some fun. Uh, we see people today have, you know, they have a lot of virtual happy hours. Well, people are giving home tours. In fact, uh, I know of one client that in March, they gave a home tour and people on his his team saw that he still had his Christmas tree up <laughs> in March. Uh, so that was really funny. People Showcase have their pets. Yeah, exactly. People yeah. put yeah. their pet. Well, I've got my pet right here sleeping behind me. I should move my camera. <laughs> but people are, are, are introducing their pets. And, um, and then when people get back to work, they're having pet days at work. They have different policies that are kind of fun, like uh, uh, what is it? Uh, paternity, uh, paternity policies instead of fraternity or any of that. Mm -hmm. um, people virtually will put their put baby pictures up and people have to guess, okay, who's who and who's who has changed a lot and who hasn't changed at all. <laughs> I haven't changed at all. This is the way I was born on the top of my head. <laughs> Just like it came out. I, I'm a senior fellow for the conference board and, and we have these quarterly meetings that tend to be kind of dry and whatnot. And, Mm -hmm. And last, last time we did it, they said, hey, we're going to do something new. We're going to start off. We went around the group and everyone shared a favorite movie. And it was just, it was kind of fun. It was light. It was, uh, didn't take that long. And now we have a different tone of the whole meeting. Love that. Those are some excellent examples. It reminds me of a team meeting that I'm part of and our uh, team captain, she's, she's, amazing facilitator. Um, so this is part of an entrepreneur circle that I'm part of. And uh, she always makes it a point to add in a cause for applause, a cause for applause in the meeting where we just take turns sharing, sharing a win, right? But I think when you just add a fun spin, rather than just simply asking for a win, but even just that cause for applause. And um, I believe this might be either American Sign Language, 
correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, I believe the silent way or the Zoom appropriate way of applause is if you kind of just shake your hands up in the air this way, almost like you're screwing in two light bulbs and, and that's kind of a signal for applause. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. Jazz hands, exactly. Um, and I just thought that was such a clever way to add, you know, applause <laughs> without, without the noise necessarily on a Zoom call, um, but everyone can still feel that energy. And it's just another, another way to add a bit of fun to a win yeah. or cause for applause. Where there's well, Bob, a will, there's Bob, a way. Yeah. Bob, Bob, could you mention what you did in Africa with that uh, whodunit activity that you came <laughs> Sure. I was, I was uh, working with a company in um, Nigeria, in Lagos, mm -hmm. and um, we had, it was a big group, like 350 people, and uh, Mario helped me create it, but it was uh, a list of, just an icebreaker, if you will, a list of mm -hmm. 20 things about, um, to learn about someone else. So, and I, I gave them, you know, 15 minutes to, to see who else has uh, the same things as them. And they, they not only did it for that 15 minutes, but they kept doing it for our, our three-day meeting. And <laughs> at the end of which they said they, they found there was only, in the whole group, there was only one golfer. <laughs> they oh, they wow. came up with all these connections that they, 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 really, they really enjoyed it. It helped to bind their whole company together. That's amazing. Yeah, I think that team bonding, particularly in a remote environment, it's it's a little bit tricky, right? So it really does help to be intentional and introduce, as you mentioned, that common practice, right? So we, we all have tons of ideas, but to actually put them into practice is the challenge. And that's where facilitators such as yourself and, and Mario can really come in and, you know, help companies develop the practice and get used to it right and and feel like it's okay to do so because sometimes yeah. sometimes peers will will want to do these things but they might be a bit cautious of taking time away from you know the busyness of their work day or you know getting off track yeah. in a meeting and so forth so curious to how do you challenge that you know if you feel like maybe there's leaders who are not completely bought into it or changing the culture I'm sure that that's sort of a challenge that you face in, in yes. your line of work. Absolutely. And I, I find just along with uh, what you were saying that a lot of times I find that uh, people tell me that I'm, I help to validate the things that they want to do and mm. overcome internal objections. So I had, it was uh, like I mentioned, uh, this one, one corporation, they, in, when they wanted to do more recognition, they, they took that to their, their leader, executive leadership team and the person was almost laughed out of the room, you know, how silly, you know, and they brought me back to talk to the same group. Nobody laughed because I've got a PhD and I've got, you know, it's like, they go, oh, oh man, we I must better take this seriously. So they, they were, it was helping to validate what they wanted to do. And, and it was helping to validate what some of their managers were already doing to make them feel better and set them up as role models for others. And so that's that's uh, a lot of it I, I find, and and on the on the book work made fun gets done, it's, it's really even worse because you know there's so many yeah. people feel that that fun is silly. We can't we don't have time mm -hmm. to be silly. We have serious goals to meet, and and it's like boy, you could you can <laughs> actually get those goals done better faster if if people enjoy and have fun along the way, and and we we document that we make the case for it we. So whenever I, I uh, we don't have it for every example, but for a lot of times examples that people say, we did this and here's the results we got. 
not mm-hmm. only did we have fun, but we, we met the goal faster or we, it, was, it was more successful than we mm-hmm. anticipated. Um, you know, and then they, keep, they kept doing it. So <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's what you want. Yeah. It's a journey. It's a journey. And so the, you know, every journey starts with the first step, which starts with the conversation. The, the knowledge is, hey, this head in this direction. And um, we like to plant the seed and nudge them in that right direction. And one of the things that we do provide to people is we provide the latest research. So, for example, on our, on our book, Work Made Fun Gets Done, um, we gave them what the, the uh, Fortune's top 100 uh, best companies to work for. We gave them the data on that. And what it shows is, is that the top performing companies are also the companies that have the greatest fun work environments. Mm-hmm. And so translated, loosely translated, is, is the high performers are having fun. Yeah, specifically, because again, I have the data, 82% of employees working for the 100 best places to work for in America said it's a fun work environment. 82% for other companies that didn't make the list. And so they were kind of, you know, maybe good, but not great companies to work for. It was only 62% said it was a fun place to work. So that differential was the largest gap in their research. The, mm-hmm. the most significant factor that separated high performing companies, best places to work from also ran competitors. So that, that's got to get any business person's attention. <laughs> and, you know, right now with, uh, you know, coming out of COVID, the current var- variant, if you will, this is what people are looking for. They're, you know, they've been pent up, they've been locked down, they, they, they've been wearing masks, they don't know when to wear them and when, not, and when to wear them and when not to wear them. Yeah. And so they're looking to have fun. People have not been having fun over the last so 14, true. 15 months. Yeah. Been very isolated, alienated, and uh, you yeah. know that's that's one of the the great things of working with others that you can have fun together. It makes it easier to have fun. You can have fun by yourself as well, and you can reward yourself on. And so, in the book, we talk about how you can have fun in in individual tasks, even on your own. How you can have fun in your group, and then of mm-hmm. course how you can have make fun part of the organization. So uh, a lot of a number of companies they will create a fun committee. Mm-hmm. and, and kind of put them in charge and say, okay, hey, I want you guys to meet once a month and, and see what we can do to make things lighter around here and, and yeah. maybe give them a budget. Maybe you don't. They just have to be creative. And, and man, you can be surprised at how much you can do. I, I, did, a, I did that with a company in Seattle um, and they, um, it was actually a law firm. And they created a, <laughs> a uh, fund committee. It had five members on mm-hmm. it. It was all anonymous. No one knew who they were, but any one of those five people could say, hey, it's time to do something. Morale's <laughs> low or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, well, what types of things would they do? Well, they had a picnic on, on the roof They're in downtown Seattle. Wow. You know, or they bartered meeting space with a limo company on the next block who needed <laughs> space. And now they had free limo rides. They can pick people up on their birthdays or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was, just, it was just being creative, you know, and they didn't need a big budget. And then if you have some budget, you can do even more. You know, some companies are now having VPs of fun. And so we noticed that that's becoming a trend here. People are taking, the companies are taking it really seriously. And uh, they, uh, as Bob says, you know, they're just doing things. Some of them are are grassroots and they get people. And once, once people start to see that, hey, this is really important and it's working. And, we, and that group over there, that department, 
is having a lot of fun, but look at their performance as well. Mm -hmm. Then some of the naysayers who, who uh, they came up against at the beginning are now starting to get convinced and they're starting to take some risk by having fun themselves, including, you know, the C-suite, people at the C-suite. What, what I found in my career is those people that have the strongest opinions and objections against something, if you, if you convince them, they'll have the, the same strong feelings, but they'll be for it. And so I've seen a lot of people that have been really against recognition or really against fun, that's silly, we don't have time for it. But once they see the impact or they personally have fun, they go, hey, well, this is really something. And then, and then they're a big advocate to do more of it. I, mm -hmm. So I, I guess maybe yeah. people just, some people are more opinionated one way or the other. And, and so you yeah. can, I find you can convert the naysayers and that's pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. that, that dynamic can be summed up in the, an old saying, it's a, the convert sings the loudest. <laughs> oh, that's a new one for me. I really like okay. that one. <laughs> well, it was popular in the 1950s and 60s, you know, before your parents were born. <laughs> if you ever, ever met someone that stopped smoking, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, one of the things about this book is that we have over 400 low-cost and no-cost ways to have fun mm -hmm. at work. And again, as Bob mentioned, for individuals, for managers, for teams, for the entire organization. And the neat thing is, is you can open up the book and you can pick, take a page and say, you know, uh, I don't think any of this stuff would work for us. You just turn that page and yeah. whoa, that'll work for us. Yeah. And it, it, the, the book we have now is modeled very similar to Dr. Bob's other bestsellers, like 1,501 mm -hmm. Ways. You know, and what I find is some managers, that I've learned this from managers, not my idea, but they, they say, mm -hmm. I take your book and I, your book, I, I pass it around on my team mm -hmm. and I have them initial ideas they like in the margins. And then, and now I've, I've just customized it to my team. It's a motivation handbook for my team. And, and I, I can surprise someone and do something I know that they uh, want to do um, and maybe it forgot about, but uh, that's, that's one key way to, to do it. Or Mario, remember when, when we worked with the uh, largest uh, fair in America, the Del Mar Fair, that oh, yeah. the, the HR director, she, she, when I first met her, she took my book off the shelf and she said, I want to show you something. When I first got this book, I, I, I used a colored ink and I circled two ideas in the book uh, that I was committed to doing. I, I signed my name in the front and I gave another man to do the same thing. And she showed me this book had hundreds of names in it. Mm -hmm. And it was all color coded by people making a public commitment to what they're going to do in their, yeah. in their niche, in their span of control. And it's just it's lots of ways to move the needle, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Now, you might be wondering, uh, Neha, you know, what, uh, what, does, what this can all be boiled down to. And it can be boiled down to, and here's another saying, and, and maybe you've heard of this or not, but it's called the platinum rule. And it's do unto others the way they want or they need to be done unto. And it's one step, I believe it's one step above the golden rule. Because what it's all about is making sure that people are getting what they really need in the way that they need to have it. So with fun or recognition, it's, and as Dr. Bob says, let people choose and tell you what it is that they value most, and then let's deliver it to them. Yeah, because if we just do the golden rule and we try to deliver something that we like, we may miss the boat. This is very common, that, <clears throat> and especially managers. They can be well intended, but they, uh, if they do what they what they want, I, I've actually had I've actually had employees tell me I went to my manager. I said I want more recognition, 
And he said, I'm, I'm working on a raise for you. And he said, I don't, I'm not, I'm not looking for a raise. I'm looking for you to recognize when I've done a good job. Yeah. So yeah. A lot of times that's what happens. And, and so you got to get out of your comfort zone and think that what motivates you motivates everybody. And just stop guessing and just ask them or just have the discussion and, and then do those things. And you're going to be more on the mark. I was, I was uh, a long time ago, I was working with one of the major um, router companies, you know, the plumbing companies yeah. in, in the country. And they were also in Canada as well. And I was in a meeting and, and the management was talking about giving out rewards. And one of the big rewards was we're going to send these achie high achievers to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And we found out, at, yeah, you know, because you like Hawaii. I do too. <laughs> but we found yeah. out at the end of the meeting, there was a VP in there. He says, I don't want to go to Hawaii. I want to get this big tool set, this 1000 tool set from Snap-on. <laughs> yeah. Forget Hawaii. Give me the tool yeah. set. Yeah, I think probably the trip was just for him, not his family too, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Different priorities. Exactly. Yeah. So I'd rather, I'd rather do something. I'd rather go to, you know, Disneyland with my family for the weekend than go into Hawaii for a, a meeting with people I see right. all the time, you know? Yeah. So stop guessing and stop doing what you think people should, should love because then you do that and you expect them to, to love it. Mm -hmm. And when they don't, you feel they're ingrates. And it's like, well, you just did the wrong thing, you know? And exactly. this is very common, like on, even on stuff like holiday parties. And we got an example in the book where a CEO said, you know, we can never get it right. I'd pick something for us to do, you know, and, and no, one, no one seemed to like it. I had another executive do, do the same thing and same results. Whatever we did, people were grousing. They didn't want to go and stuff like that. Finally said, he picked, he picked uh, uh, a millennial mm -hmm. in the company and said, would you help do this? And they go, oh, yeah, sure, I'd love to. And he used uh, tech tools to, to, to survey people and came up with different options and they voted on it. And they, had, they ended up doing a, uh, one of these, uh, uh, you go to a dinner when they've got uh, a medieval dinner and, and horseback jousting and stuff. Right. And, and people just loved it, you know, and the families loved it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's a big hit because they came at it from a different angle. And you mm -hmm. gotta tap into the millennials, especially when it comes to fun. This is a generation that's expecting to have fun <laughs> at work. In fact, I heard the definition of millennial from someone saying it's, it's someone that uh, expect, expects work to be like college, you know, <laughs> sleeping when they want, work when they want, but with a paycheck. <laughs> so they, they, they wanna have fun. So you definitely have to tap into that generation, which is the largest in the workplace right mm -hmm. now. That's right. And, and we're moving up in seniority and, and making decisions now for the incoming Gen Z. So I'd, I'd like to quickly touch on that generational gap and how consistent have you seen, you know, the not even the theory, really, I guess we're, you know, um, we're all pretty agreed that work that's fun gets done. But what have you seen across different generations, if there's any insight that you can share as to you know, opinions, insight, ideas around that. Sure. Well, it's one of the programs I, I do, uh, motivating the millennials, and and so I, I've I've seen the research on what they most value, and not just fun. It's a purpose. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot you can do in the job to give connect people to the the values and the objectives and the mission of the organization. If you if you make a point of it uh, mm -hmm. in orientation and, and along the way, uh, they they surprisingly. 88% said money wasn't their top motivator, mm -hmm. which for baby boomers is hard for them to believe, you know, because, well, no, money is right. important to everybody. 
Well, no, they want balance. They want to. They want more, you know, mm-hmm. autonomy. They they want uh, more flexibility in in how they work, where they work, and and those. If you provide those, that could be more important than than paying them ten percent or twenty percent more. Yeah, and, they want career development as well. That's a big one in there as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, whereas a more experienced employee might want to spend less time with the boss, trust them doing the right job. A younger employee wants to learn from their their manager. And wants, and you right. you got to have face time. You've got to have uh, time to do you know debrief projects and, and work and and to and to acknowledge when they've been successful and talk about what they learned from it and how they could do better next time and what the manager can do to help them on that journey. If you feel if you get to the point where you feel your manager's on your side, uh, you think twice about leaving that that person to go somewhere else two or three times actually. That that if they're not on your side and they don't seem to care, it's yeah. very easy to take a job somewhere else. Yeah, people it has, it has staying power. It gives you staying power. You do these things. You get to know people. You recognize them. You, you make the experience fun, and it leads to a place, to, a job that people want to yeah. keep doing and look forward to doing the the, the next uh, level at the same company. Yeah. And that's that's what uh, I've I found. And that's what the research uh, shows. Like for example, on if you have a if you we know the power of recognition works in any relationship or any mm-hmm. team. If you get that going as part of your culture of your organization. The, uh, the the research indicates that people will feel five times more valued. They'll be six times more likely to tell others that they work in a great place to work. They'll be seven times more likely to stay uh, in the organization. And we're talking about a time where I, I just read where there's a massive exodus in retail. You know, we're talking yeah. about hundreds of thousands of people leaving jobs, and uh, you know, or in hospitality or and, and any any type of it's all over now. It's really hard to find mm-hmm. people. This is a key ticket to make that happen. And eleven times more likely to be committed to their work, to the manager, to the mission of the organization. So if you create the culture, that's that's some of the rewards you can expect to get. Right, that culture of recognition. And I'm so excited to be diving into your book, Work That's Fun Gets Done. Mario, did you have any last thoughts before we wrap up? Um, let me think. I think it, it's, it's just try. Try yeah. something. If it doesn't work, try something different. You know, learn from it. Um, be patient about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, get together with different people who have the similar passion around it, try and make it happen grassroots, get somebody from, if you can, as high as possible in the organization to be on your committee mm-hmm. and then go for it. A sponsor. Yeah. And to have, and that's, that's very important because I think as you, as you, you can't change the world overnight, but if you get someone out, another person interested and mm-hmm. together you can start something, go and start a discussion, try some ideas, and as you do that, you'll attract more people. And then that's, that's how you change the, the culture. You can, it starts with one person, really. And the, if, that's, if that person's a CEO, that's nice, but often it's not. It's someone mm-hmm. uh, lower that, that sees the value of it, uh, sees, does something different and it works. So I, I, would, I would say that you know, one of the things that, that Mari and I are really proud of is that we, we can help you uh, make these topics easier. And mm-hmm. so by pulling together them in a resource that we have, you don't, all of a sudden you don't even have to be creative anymore. You can, you can open the book anywhere and see real life usable ideas 
And as Mara said earlier, if that, if that one doesn't work, just turn the page and the next one likely will. Right. So we, we, would, uh, we would love for people to, to see that for themselves by picking up a copy of Work Made Fun Gets Done, which is available wherever books are sold. And if you, if you love it, do a review on Amazon. If, you, if you're not sure, ah, keep it to yourself. <laughs> 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 I love that. Uh, thank you both for your insight. I love your mission and what you're doing for the world of work. Appreciate your time. You bet. Well. Thank you for having us. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Career Catharsis Podcast. I'm your host, Neha Koram. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at coach.neha or on LinkedIn. Visit my website, nehakoram.com or my career coaching business, beamcareercoaching.com. I'd love to connect with you, hear about your thoughts on the show. I'm open to feedback and I hope you subscribe for more career transformation and workplace wellness stories. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Career Catharsis Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you shared this episode with somebody that you know to inspire someone to take the next step in their career. Send me your feedback at coach.neha.coram at gmail.com. Connect with me on Instagram at coach.neha or find me on LinkedIn. Simply type my name, Neha Koram, and you'll find me. Looking forward to connecting and see you next time.